Back in the 1800s when, in fact, uh, a man had suffered the tragic loss of one son, then put his family on a boat, and it ended up being uh, he lost his four daughters in that shipwreck, and then, of course, uh, his wife was the only one left, and she said, saved alone, and he wrote the song, It Is Well With My Soul. Powerful song, and I was thinking of that whole situation and having taught to Hyphen about uh, some of these subjects because we've been studying in the book of Ephesians, I thought, well, I know uh, I, I probably ought to just remind all of you about some principles that are in the word of the Lord. And I, I don't want you to uh, for those of you that are familiar with these concepts, I understand it'll be just a little bit of a review, but I felt like today, given the fact that there was this separation that was mentioned about you, you adhere to a set of laws that's different than the legal laws of the land, and that was sort of under attack a few years ago, how much more will it be under attack this year? And how much more are we going to feel the pressure of that sort of thing? So here we are, growing apostolic legacy. And so I want to talk about <coughs> having a foot in two worlds. Have you ever felt like you were torn apart? <coughs> Paul made some verses and he talked about some things and he said, you know, part of me wants to leave and part of me wants to stay. And I kind of feel like I've got a foot in two worlds. I've kind of got a little bit of a tug, you know, that I want to go. I wish I could just snap my fingers and say, come Lord Jesus, get us out of here. We're ready to go home. We're children from uh, ambassadors from another planet. We are tired of all we're going through, tired of sickness, tired of death, tired of pain, tired of suffering, tired of mass, tired of all. Amen. Wouldn't it be nice just to walk down a street of gold and Hallelujah. have no more crying, have no more fear, have no more? And you feel like I kind of got a foot in two worlds. And I understand that feeling, and I felt that way. And having these last few days, having to go and be with, of course, couple of these families and knowing about David Mahler and Joanne Sparrow is in ICU and, and I can go through the list and of course the Phillipses and, and, and the Glovers and the Rhines and all of those feelings that you feel like, Lord, I wish I could just escape all of this. And yet the Bible is very clear when it talks in 1 Thessalonians at 5th chapter, the 23rd verse, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly or completely. That's W-H-O-L-L-Y. And I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body, three parts, 
be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we all have a body. We have a Greek word soma, and we have flesh and blood. And I know, you know, we have to keep this body connected to dirt in order to survive. And, and so, uh, you know, in a few minutes, we're going to order chicken dirt or beef dirt or, or uh, whatever. Maybe you're all vegetarian, but that whatever it is, tofu dirt, uh, whatever it is, the dirt you order, you're going to do something to stay connected to the body, to keep it alive and to keep it well and keep it functioning. If you don't eat for 100 days, you won't have to worry about any aches or pains in your body. It's a perfect way to keep that down, and I understand. Unfortunately, we would have no body in church if everybody did that. And so, anyway, <clears throat> but that's your body. That's your, then there's the soul. And when we read back in Genesis, when <clears throat> man, he created man in his image, which was probably the spirit. And then when he breathed into man the breath of life, man became a living soul. That word is psyche from the root word that we study psychology, the study of the mind, the study of the emotions. And, and when you look at that sense of the body, and I, I don't know if you can see there, but uh, uh, there we all have these three parts. One is a body, and then another one is a soul, and it has in the soul the mind, the heart, and the will, and then you have the spirit man, which is, of course, uh, the breath, the life, the essence. And that when that breath got in contact with the body, man became a living soul. He has thoughts, he has feelings, he has emotions, he has all of these things, and in fact, he also has a will. That soul, and I know different writers in different places talk about it different. They'll talk about the heart. They'll talk about the mind. Let this mind be in you and so forth. But in our soul, we would say, are our thoughts and our imaginations, our memories, our, our reasoning, our, our sense of, you know, uh, conscience and, and uh, our, what we think about things. And we know that has a great impact on our emotions. And I, I have often told the, the real life example of when I was in working for a counseling agency in Arkansas and was called and got to work early about eight. And, and there was a lady that was waiting there uh, because she was in a, in, in a great state of distress and frustration and anxiety wringing her hands and crying and, and couldn't help herself and and she was just I, I can't stop my mind is racing I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed I, I, and, and she threatened to hurt herself and, and she was sitting in my office and, and I was asking her what happened what's going on what, what the change what is the well and she began to talk about how her husband had left her and how overwhelming and how hopeless her life and how helpless she felt. And unfortunately, we had to call and get her checked into an inpatient facility that very day because of the stress in her thoughts and in her mind and in her heart and her emotions. 
And later that afternoon, I had another appointment scheduled. I, of course, I had them all day. In this case, a lady walks in, and she sat in a different chair in my office. True story. And, and she was smiling, and she was, had a great disposition, and she talked to me and said, I've enjoyed our sessions, but I don't I think I need to come back. I, I think I'm well. I think I'm cured. I think I'm better. I think everything is going to be all right. I think life is wonderful. And I said, well, what happened? And she said, well, that jerk, of, didn't say that word, but of a husband, left this weekend, and so life is wonderful. <laughs> and I, my mind just was clicking because I knew what I had been through that morning, and so I said, would you mind coming over and sitting in this chair? And so she got up and moved chairs, and I said, now, do you still feel the same way? Because I wanted to make sure it wasn't a chair. <laughs> she said, absolutely. This is it. It's been great knowing you. I've enjoyed myself. and Life's coming up roses right now. And I was blown away because I thought, well, what is it? Well, it became, it was obvious that what she thought about that departure of that gentleman was that her life was better. What the other woman thought was that it made her life helpless. And so we realize there's this strong connection between mind and heart, emotions and our affections and our attitudes. And, and so, you know, when, you know when, when we start thinking things and, we can, and the enemy gets in our thoughts, and that's why the Bible will talk about guard your mind and gird up the loins of your mind and grab hold of your thoughts uh, because he knows that, that, you know, if the enemy can bring in a message that will overwhelm, that it can change your heart and attitude and mind and thoughts and thinkings and all of those things. But what part does the will play? That third part in the soul, the will, is like the doorway to allow the spirit man to flow into your soul. So you see, we're all born in sin and shaping in iniquity, and yet <clears throat> when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you have to be willing to receive the Holy Ghost. The Bible talks about the Holy Ghost is not going to overpower us. The Spirit that uses the phrase in the Bible is subject to the prophet. And so one of the things that makes working with children so fun is you say, stand up, and they're still willing to stand up. And you say, raise your hands, and they're still willing to raise their hands. And you say, you know, nod your head, you know, pump your arms, stomp your feet, and they're willing to do that. But as we get older, I'm not willing to do that. That looks stupid, and well, maybe if everybody else is doing it, but I don't want to do it, and I don't, I'm not willing. I, you know, the preacher says, let's all pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A little bit willing, but my will will not allow the Holy Ghost yeah. to have free access through the body, through the soul, out the mouth. 
And if a person stands and feels the Holy Ghost and feels the touch of the Holy Ghost and the moving of the Holy Ghost and their emotions and in their mind and they're feeling the Holy Ghost, they can just go, mm, no. I've seen folks, and not here, but folks grab the pew or the seat in front of them. I've seen them fold their arms. I've seen them lick their lips. I've seen them clench their jaw. Nobody here, nobody does that here, but I've seen as the presence of the Lord was moving, they weren't willing to open themselves up to that moving of the Spirit. And so consequently, maybe it was that there was, that's where as far as the healing or the cleansing could go. And so while when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, it flows through and out our mouth because our tongue is the most unruly member and all of those things. And yet we, we know that Jesus himself says when he came to his disciples and found them asleep, and this was when he was praying in the garden, he said unto Simon, what could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. And then he used this phrase, the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And what's the door is my will, my pride, my, <clears throat> I don't need that. I don't need to hear that. I don't need to feel that. I don't need to do that. I'm able to do my own thing. I'm, I'm able to, I don't need that, I know. And in fact, it was a well-written word that religion is the opiate of the masses. That Well, when you just, you know, you rely on religion to get you through. You're relying on something else that we don't, you don't really need. And yet, what did Jesus pray when he said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak? And he went again the second time, prayed, and he said, Oh, Father, let this cup pass from me, except I drink it. Thy will be done. Another place it was recorded as not my will, but thy will be done. What are you saying? Submitting my will. Paul talked to the church in Rome about walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. He went on in Galatians and the famous verses that this is I say unto you, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth or wars against the spirit. So you have the flesh on one hand and the spirit on the other. And they're in a fight. And the spirit against the flesh, and they're contrary to one another so that you cannot do the things that you would. And what are they fighting over is what's going to control your mind and what's going to control your emotions and what's going to make you change your thought life, change your emotional life. And you say, well, I, I can get at that through another way. He says they're contrary to one another. Second Corinthians says, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Now who knew that your spirit could get dirty? Your attitude, your thinking, huh? Because, and you know, 
You say, oh, well, that person's just evil. You can feel they've tapped into another source. They have an attitude that comes through them. Huh? They're not willing to connect to the presence and power of God. And, and I, I realize that when you look at that, it says perfecting holiness, and when you start talking holiness, everybody immediately looks at whatever that happens in on the flesh. And I understand there's flesh situations where we're trying to be separated from the world. But true holiness starts down here in the soul and works from the inside out. And a person can look apart on the outside and inside, as Jesus said, are dead men's bones. Their attitude, their heart, their mind, their thoughts are impure. I can dress up on Sunday morning and then I'm <clears throat> logging on to things that I shouldn't be on Monday or Tuesday. Or, well, you know what I'm saying? And my thought life and my emotional life and I was all in turmoil. And so that's why, <clears throat> you know, and it goes back, I, I realized to Genesis where this serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field and the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. When she said, We'll eat it and die. We touch it and die. And he said, Then God did know in the day that you eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. We know the verses say, when the woman saw the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eyes, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, and to make one wise, she took thereof and did eat, and he did eat when she gave it to Adam. So the, the, this murderer, this liar from the beginning, the devil, this, this deceiver, this, <clears throat> you know, how do you know the devil's lying is when his lips are moving? He's telling the half-truth all the time. Yes. Convinced he that God's word wasn't true. That, well, surely God didn't mean what he said when he wrote it here. I think what God meant to say, that was his first thing. Hath God said? Yes. Oh, surely not. His word, oh, well, that was written by man. There's mistakes in that. You don't have to follow that. You don't have to do that. Well, then what are you going to follow? Think about then what word will you listen to? Yeah. Will it be a word that changes from year to year? Will it be your word? Then is your word going to establish truth forever? Oh, this is where you say, well, I don't know if I... I fully believe, and that's why the Lord would say, you know, in his word, thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. Thy word of God is quick and sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword. Getting right down into my thought life and my emotional life, dividing asunder the soul and spirit, and realizing when I sit in a service and I hear the word of God, and you'll see a lot of verses here and we talk about the word here. Why? Because it's not my word that's so important, but it's the God's word that's really what's important. Because heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God is going to come to pass and will stand sure. 
And here he was, his first thing was to tell her that the word of God was nothing. And then the next trick was that, well, you will not surely die. God's judgment is not going to happen. What God said, he told Adam that in the day you eat thereof, you're going to die. And I'm going to just tell you it won't happen that way. It's not going to happen. You're going to be all right. And that's how we make our judgment calls. Is it okay if I drive 70? Is it okay if I drive 75? Is it okay if I drive 80? Well, if I have a good reason, I, I, I make a judgment call. I've sat at this red light. Obviously, you know, the little sensor didn't change. I backed up. I pulled forward. I backed up, pulled forward again. I've looked down every way. It's my judgment call. I don't care. I know the light is red, but it's not changing. So I go through it. I make a judgment call. And what Satan told Eve was, you'll not surely die. And then the most diabolical thing that he did was whenever he twisted it and said, God's keeping something good from you. Just think of what you could have. He knows that in the day you eat thereof, you'll be like him and he's keeping something good from you. And we've seen children, we've seen kids grow up and come from homes and where parents tried to do their best to raise them. And all you know what I'm talking about. And they reach a point and they just, they believe I can, I, I know what I need to do. I don't need to have mom or dad or I don't need to have anybody else. And so I'm not willing to just say, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me? I'm not willing to do that. I can make in my own mind, my own judgment call, and I can decide. And I, I can say, well, it's okay. I don't care what mom has said or dad has said. I don't care because I understand. I know that they're just trying to hold me back. And they're... And we've all got hundreds of stories that we could talk about. And yet, the Bible is very clear. We're supposed to resist the devil when he tries to come through into our senses and our mind and our heart and our will and to get us to operate in our own strength. We're supposed to somehow, you know, that's why he says, gird up the loins of your mind, grab hold of their thoughts. Don't allow yourself. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As he comes through with his eye trying to get us to think, well, it's our idea. And most of the time, and I hate to burst your bubble, but most of us don't have our own independent thought. Media, culture, friends. Huh? Somebody came up with the thought before we did and we heard a smackerel of it and we lay in bed and think, ah, oh, brilliant. I thought that this would be good all on my own. No, because let me tell you, you've had input through your ears and your eyes and your smell and your feeling, you know? And all of those inputs are being what you are being overwhelmed with and you're putting it all that soup together and you're thinking that you had this brilliant thought one night 
That's why parents will get a little concerned when they see their children hanging out with other people that are rebellious or that are angry or that are frustrated because we know the old saying of birds of a feather and you know I'm afraid I know they're putting thoughts in your mind and I, I understand and I've, I've had people tell me well you know it wasn't until my wife went to work that somebody there told her XYZ ABC whatever and I, I realized but you know what at the same time that person has to be willing to open their mind and open their heart and open. Why? Because if we can operate into what we think are our ideas and our own power without the help of the Holy Ghost, then you see the devil is able whenever we have no strength coming from the Spirit. This, when, when, when you get the Holy Ghost, that's resurrection power. That's the power that's powerful enough to actually heal your body. It's the power that is powerful enough to actually raise this body from the dead. Let that same spirit be in you which was in Christ Jesus that raised him from the dead. And you say, well then how do people die? And I realize that the Lord put a time clock on us and I could be, you know, I don't know where I am on mine and yours and I get it, I understand that. But it's not because of the power of the Holy Ghost. I've seen God do it too many times. But if I'm not willing to open myself up to that flow of resurrection power, what happens is That my attitude, the enemy tries to discourage me, tries to delude me, tries to get me to denounce. And what do I mean by that? Well, they're faking and there's no one and I don't like this. And, you know, they're not perfect and who do they think they are? And I I know that that, and what am I trying to, I can find fault. I can find fault with myself, much less all of you. Huh? Well... trying to divide me. Why? Because if I don't have the strength of the body and I'm disconnected, oh man, hallelujah, I'm easier prey. We all know that. I mean, you don't even have to do anything but watch the National Geographic channel to figure that one out. I mean, the lions try to separate one of the whatever, zebras or whatever else from the pack. Why? And the devil's like a roaring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why we have the National Geographic Channel, so we can understand the Bible. (laughs) Trying to make me, trying to divert us. Oh, well, I can pray at home. Yes, but there's something about our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. Thy, oh, our Father, yeah. that first word, our Father. Oh, I know, I pray at home, and those that are watching online, I understand COVID has done its best. I, that's why I think it's so diabolical to separate us and to pull us apart, yeah. and we, can't, we don't feel comfortable, and I re- realize it, and I don't feel comfortable getting so close, and I, I understand it, but what, let me tell you, don't allow the spirit of 
the enemy to stop you from coming into the presence of the Lord. You've heard me say it before. I don't care if you're wearing a mask. Worship the Lord. I don't care if the only way you can see us is through online. Put your hands up when you're online. Stand when you're at the house. Clap your hands when you're at the house. Pray when you're there at the home. Why? Because we need the body. We need the church. We need each other in this hour. You say, oh, well, what, what, what do you think the devil's trying to do? Well, he's, that's why he said, for as much as children are flesh, partakers of the flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same through death. He might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifelong, lifetime subject to bondage. What are you saying? Later on in Hebrews, he said, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must do what? First of all, believe that he is. Secondly, that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So you have to be willing to seek. You have to be willing to believe then you have to believe that he's a rewarder and then you have to pursue God. You have to willingly make your will. Say, I need the presence of the Lord. That's why we talk about coming to receive the Holy Ghost and you being willing to raise your hands and just begin to worship. I don't think I have to do that, okay? I I don't know what to tell you, but all I can tell you is that your will has got to be that thing that allows it in. That's why when I was teaching these young folks in Hyphen in Ephesians, the first chapter, where Paul starts in by talking, in whom you also trusted. What does that mean, trusted? He knew they believed, and, and he goes on to say, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you had believed, so he that cometh to God must believe and then that he is a rewarder you have to trust him that the Lord has got my back the Lord is on my side the Lord wants to touch me the Lord is willing to help me he that cometh to God must believe and then he must trust he said after that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ in whom after you trusted you heard heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after also you believe, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest, the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. (laughs) What are you saying? My feet are in two worlds right now. But when I come into his presence and I open my heart to the spirit, it reminds me that one of these days he's coming back and he's going to change my vile body and make it like unto his body. One of these days I'm going to be all in one world. One of these days all know right now I feel stretched I feel torn I feel like I'm being pulled in two directions but one of these days I got the Holy Ghost and it reminds me I've got the earnest of my inheritance 
it's it's like you know I, I don't know if you've ever ever been uh, to Pensacola or to one of these cities that have a base on them and Guam has a has a base and I, I have to tell you I been through many times and I've observed even after 9-11 and they clamped down on security in the TSA. I would watch guys dressed, sometimes slouchy jeans, baggy shirt, no identifying marks, come walk up through TSA, pull a coin out, drop it in, And the TSA let them pass. And I, I asked someone one time in Guam, I said, what's going on? Because he was worked in the military. And he said, oh, here, Reverend. He said, we have a coin certain military people have. They've cleared such a level of clearance in the secret branches that they don't get screened when they go through the military, when they go through TSA. You don't know it by looking at them, but they have this coin and different branches of the military, different Units have different coins, and depending on the coin that you have, you drop it in this little bucket. And in some of these cities where they have bases and a lot of people in and out, the TSA, no, we just fold our hands and they pass because they have a coin that identifies them as a special branch. I don't know if they're packing. I don't know what they're doing. But they've been identified. That's what the Holy Ghost is for a child of God. Stuff starts coming at us, but I have the earnest of my inheritance. You don't understand. I'm part of an elite force. <laughs> I understand. You, you think that I am just the same guy, whether I'm dressed in a suit or in blue jeans or, or whatever, but I've got a foot in another world, you see. <laughs> and while it may not appear to you on the outside that I've got anything special about me, I have this identifying mark right here, and I can pull it out at any time. At any moment, I'm able to raise my hands and begin to open myself up to the spirit and the presence of almighty God oh what are you saying I Paul later wrote and he said we are dead to sins yet quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved and hath raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly place what are you saying pastor I'm saying that though the world is going crazy and things are nuts and things are overwhelming Right now, not in Amen. when a sweet by and by when I die. Amen. Brother Ken Phillips, just a few days before.
he passed away, was in prayer meeting on a Tuesday night, raising his hands, feeling, stepping into the other world for a moment. Ah, what are you saying? I'm saying for a moment this morning, you can leave where you're sitting and take a seat in heavenly places just simply by being willing to open your heart to the Lord, by being willing to raise your hands, by being willing to rest stand and, and begin to let the Holy Ghost flow. What are you saying? By grace are you saved through faith? It is not of ourselves not of works. It's not something you work for. It's not something you have to do. But because of Calvary, in the midst of this pressure, in the midst of the torment, in the midst of the fear, in the midst of the depression, I can slip away into the other world and just sit for a few moments and begin to praise him and worship him and magnify him in the midst of everything. Let's stand. Oh, yeah. I got to come back down on Monday, Sunday afternoon. I, I got a deal. I got, maybe there's pain in the body. I, I got to come out. I, but I've got a foot in both worlds. And every once in a while, I need to make sure I take and, and slip into the heavenly places. This is why Paul would say, I was in the Spirit. And I don't even know where I was. He said, I was caught up into the third heaven. Why? Something happened. I was so overwhelmed that I just put both feet over there for a while and just began to worship. And let the presence of the Lord flow. If you don't have the Holy Ghost this morning, I, you've got to be willing to take it. What to say? I want to receive it. You've got to be willing to say, Lord, I want to. I want to. I want that. I want. I want. See, he that hungers and thirsts after this can find it. It's not. Oh, you know, you're saying. Well, you're saying that you're going to be better. No, it is not. And. Unfortunately, Diane Feinstein got it right. I, I want at times those laws to live loudly in me. When I feel like cussing them out, flipping them off. And you all know it's happened, I'm sure, to all of you. See a sticker on the back of a car that says, Honk if you love Jesus. And you honk. if you love Jesus and you honk again maybe they didn't know you love Jesus I really love him face twist up into knots so you think well maybe I'll show them the Jesus symbol one way to God and they think I gave them a different signal and they signal back something else And you realize they put that sticker on there when they had a foot there, but now they're fully both feet over here. 
you ever felt like both feet at times were here? God, help us not to forget we can put a foot in another world if just for a few minutes on Sunday morning, Sunday night, in our daily prayer time, I want to I wanna slip into his presence, don't you? Let's just raise our hands. If you need the Holy Ghost, come. If you've never repented of your sins, come. If you've never believed that he is, and that he is a rewarder, come. I want you to diligently seek him today. I want you to say,